0: Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. Assalamu alaikum. It is <clears throat> Wednesday, uh, the 13th of July 2022, and in our series Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 336. These days, we've been looking at the words of Sudan Bakara, which is chapter 2 and verse 102. And uh, this is our 17th broadcast, Uh, just for that one verse of the Holy Quran. These broadcasts are brought to you by LASER, Lahore Amdiya School of Education in Religion, which is a department of the Lahore Amdiya Movement or Amdiya Manishat Islam. This organization goes by various names. These two are the most common. The Ahmadiyya uh, movement was established by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad who said that uh, although people say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad another prophet can come. This is not correct because the Holy Quran says that the Holy Prophet is Khatamun Nabhi-ji. And the Holy Prophet himself explained the meaning of this term by saying La Nabi Abadi There is no prophet after him, after me. And he went on when people inquired about what will happen if uh, uh, Muslims were fall into error, the Holy Prophet said that reformers, Mujaddadeen will come. And Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed Sahib claimed to be a Mujaddid, a reformer in line with that hadith. He was just one of many who appeared. But he said that uh, his distinction from other uh, other Mujaddids or Reformers was that the Hadith also spoke of Messiah, son of Mary coming and a Mahdi coming. He said a prophet cannot come after the Holy Prophet Muhammad. So these titles refer to a Mujaddid who will come among the muslims who will arise amongst the muslims and who will defend islam and correct the wrong beliefs that muslims may have this of course started a debate because it was a, it was a revolutionary idea and people started calling Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad sahib a kafir but Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad pointed out to them that the holy prophet had said that if one reciter of the kalima says to another reciter of the kalima that you are not a Muslim, that you are a heretic, then it's the person saying it who is the heretic. We we must remember this, that to be a Muslim, it's sufficient to recite the parliament. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Sahib and uh, uh, people like Hazrat Maulana Muhammad Ali Sahib they also pointed out that Muslims say that some prophet, prophetic revelation has been missed out from the Holy Quran and some prophetic revelation which is in the Holy Quran is abrogated cancelled, its order is cancelled, you can recite it, but its order is cancelled. And as with said, this cannot be correct, because in the Holy Quran, Allah says that I revealed it, and I will protect it. So, how can something that God revealed and protected, have things missing from it. or things in it which are cancelled. Similarly, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed said that uh, Jihad is a fundamental duty of every single Muslim. But that does not mean that you take the sword and uh, start killing down Muslims to force them to embrace Islam. Because went back, then we have to go back to how the Holy Prophet defined it. Returning from fighting, the Holy Prophet said that Muslims were returning from Jihad-e-Asgar, Minor Jihad, to jihad akbar Major Jihad. And then explain that jihad uh, akbar is jihad bin nafs. It's the fight with your own inner self, your own desires, your greed, your enmity, and whatever else you So we need to reflect upon, upon these things. As I said, We are discussing chapter 2, Al-Baqarah, verse 102, and as I keep explaining, that this is a long verse and I only recite the portion, the phrase, whose words we are going to look at. اعوذ باللہ من الشیخون الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن لا يَنْفَعُهُمْ and uh, they learn that which harms them but doesn't benefit them or profit them and this goes back to the previous uh, statements in the same verse people said that Solomon was such a great uh, king that he had these things magic potions and so on which he had buried under his throne and they they protected him and so on and uh, they would claim to have found uh, some of them if not all of them and then uh, uh, teach them to others for payment of course not for free uh, etc etc and uh, You know, praying to idols and all this kind of thing. And God says that, you know, this is uh, the prophet Solomon didn't do this, this is nonsense. And, uh, you know, uh, you won't benefit uh, uh, from that. And we've covered uh, these things uh, in other broadcasts. Today we are going to look at the uh, the first word of this phrase which is wa Now at the end is a pronoun and wa and that's a conjunctive joins What's going to come with what uh, with the statement that's already gone, and yata in the middle, which is a verb, and uh, its uh, root is ain lam mi ain lam mi, and in the Holy Quran. There are 14 words which have been constructed using this root and in total the root occurs in the Holy Quran. Words based on the root occur in the Holy Quran uh, 854 times and uh, 382 times it's Alima and 163 times it's Alim and 105 times it's Ilm and 73 times it's alamine and 40d 40, 49 times it's alam 41 times it's alama and what else is there 18 times it is alim and 11 times ma-al-oon. once we have muallim, So, but many times it's uh, translation is know, you know, they know, I know, and so on, but also we know that the Holy Quran says, Rabbul so it also means the world, the universe, the whole creation. So the word, the, 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 the root, Qain Lam, al means to know something, to recognize something. And you can find out about something or know something. One, if it has a unique name, and two by a description of its attributes. So you know, <clears throat> sometimes it's easy with the Holy Prophet Muhammad. As soon as you say Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, whether you say the prayer or not, if you not a Muslim, you probably would. As soon as someone mentions that, you know exactly who is being talked about. But uh, if you're going to use attributes, then you'll have to say, you know, the Prophet who appeared in Arabia, he started in Makkah and then went to Medina and and so on and so forth. Uh, Some may immediately understand who you're talking about some may need a little more information some may need a lot more information someone may not get it at all and uh, so on but sometimes even when you name something you might have to give extra information to specify you know what exactly are you talking about? You know you have a guest and someone comes in with a tray or is sent in with a tray and uh, you say put it on the side table and the sofa has a side table on the left and the right and the person might ask but which side table? Although the name table is there, side table is there to to the side of the sofa, but there there is still ambiguity. So when you say, oh, the, the one on the right, then the person knows exactly which one it is. And sometimes this word is used as the opposite to negate something. So you use the negative aspect to see what the positive is. In chapter 8 verse 60 the Holy Quran says nahumullah, yeah. What you don't know. What's the opposite of that? Allah knows. Those who don't know, Allah knows. And you can look at ilm or knowledge in many sort of different ways by categorizing it, by categorizing knowledge in many different ways. One way you can say, well, knowledge is of two types. One is that as soon as you gain it, That's it. Your knowledge of something is complete. You know, you read a book on calculus. You learn to do differentiation and integration and find the area under a curve and, you know, uh, uh, solid of revolution and all this kind of thing. And once you got to the end of the book, If it's a very advanced book, maybe it has differential equations as well. But once you get to the end, you know all about differentiation. There's nothing more to know. But then, if you have someone who reads the Highway Code and a book on how to drive a car, and he has passed his theory test does anyone believe that this person can just open the door of a car sit down and just start driving because he knows the highway code by heart the book on theoretical book on driving he knows by heart he passed the uh, theory exam all his answers were right, would DBLA, the Department for Licensing Vehicles just issue him with the driving license? No they wouldn't. they will say yeah that's fine but now what you need to do is to practice and that is the that in, in that area your knowledge is not complete until you actually practice, put into practice what you have read. Another way to categorize Ilm is that you could say there's some Ilm, some knowledge that cannot be attained simply by rationality, by your brain, by thinking about it and some knowledge you can get just by thinking about it. Nothing need, nothing more need be done. It's like, you know, um, if you read Einstein's theory of relativity, what more do you need to do in a practical way to understand it? Nothing. But you see, you have to be careful because for thousands of years before Galileo, using their brains, their intellect, I remember in those days some philosopher like Socrates or Aristotle or someone would come up with an explanation for something and people would say good god that's brilliant that must be true. No one would actually practically check it to see if it's true. So one of the Greek philosophers had come up with this idea that if you in your one hand you have one bowl and In your other hand you have uh, another ball and one is heavier than the other and you go up a tower and you let both the balls go at the same time the heavier one will fall first. People believe that not for one day not for one week not for one month not for one year but for thousands of years. Until Galileo came up with this idea, he said, well, yes, yes, but this knowledge is theoretical. What we know, we've analyzed that using our intellect and we've come to a conclusion. But is that correct? He lived near the leaning tower of Pisa, so he took two things. And he went up to the tower. He got to the top and he let them go and both of them hit the ground at the same time showing that the weight was irrelevant. I mean if you get a bath of water and you put a heavy ball and a light ball the heavy ball will sink first. That's because other forces come into play. But the interesting thing is, that some years ago I mentioned this, I was making a speech at a conference and I asked people this this question, in my right hand I have something heavy in my left hand, I have something light, if I turn my hands over and let them both go at the same time, which will hit the ground first and every single person there, said the heavy, whatever it was, item, which told me that none of them had studied physics. But anyway, so, you know, sometimes your intellect tells you something and you think, oh, that's it. And yes, it may be so, but sometimes you need uh, practical, element uh, in it as well. Interestingly, uh, uh, this takes us to the use of the word Tawlim which means (coughs) to give information repeatedly until, you know, it gets into the head of the listener. And you can see that even after many hundreds of years after Galileo, people still believe that uh, the heavy item will fall first. This is why ta'li, giving of knowledge, has to be repetitive and constant. And then God tells us Allama Bil Qalb chapter 96 verse 4 that it's through the agency of the pen that you learn. And we now know that preservation of knowledge and information is extremely important. They are now Companies on the internet whose sole purpose in life is to what they call harvest information about you and then sell it to others. But they couldn't do that if information about you hadn't been preserved or saved. And God's example is, Allah Mal He taught you through the use of the pen. Because obviously, at that time that was the only means available. and you can see how much importance the Holy Prophet gave to writing down divine revelation that as soon as he used to have scribes with him and as soon as the revelation came he would dictate it to them and ask them to write it down. <clears throat> And uh, what God says is, knowledge is divided into two. One is talking about Adam. God said that, you know, I told him names of things. That doesn't mean that God told Adam, this is a tomato, this is a mango, uh, this is a parrot. But that God put in Adam the ability to learn about things. I mean the question arises if God told Adam the names of everything, you know, uh, how come we've ended up so ma- with so many different languages. Um, you know, it's the ability to be able to do it that God put uh, uh, in man's head. But in chapter 6 verse 92, God says, And I taught you those things that you couldn't figure out for yourself. And what are those things? Chapter 3, verse 164 it says, God gives you the the knowledge of the the ilm of the book and the Wisdom. So, that needs to be remembered. I need to check how we are doing for time. Oh, we have a little time. So, I'll uh, yeah. just uh, end with that. So what is that knowledge that God gives? What's that book and what's that wisdom and so on? God says, Alamul lamul Chapter 34 verse 48 He knows the unseen but we can't see. He knows what it is. We may interpret things by indirect evidence, but God knows it. We can't see electrons, but we do experiments and we get some results and we say, ah, if they were electrons and they behaved in this, this, this way, then this is the result we get. God says, but I know everything. And then he goes on to say, Alimul Ghaibi Fala Chapter 72 verse 26. That he knows everything. He knows the unseen, what we can't see, what we don't know. But he doesn't reveal the secrets, he doesn't reveal the knowledge of the unseen except to his messengers, except to his Rasul. And now I want to read out from this dictionary, Mufarradat, which is uh, um, a dictionary by Ahli Sanat Bal Jamaat, um, who uh, say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad, God does not speak to anyone it says that in this verse, there is a hint that Allah only gives His special knowledge, ilme khususi, special knowledge to His awliya. that is to His friends and then when the word is used for Allah then it means the being from which nothing is hidden and God says elsewhere chapter 69 verse 18 La yakhfa minkum khafiyyah but the point is that's a verse of the holy quran and this is an authentic authoritative dictionary of Arabic language and words of the Holy Quran which says that that verse means that God speaks to non-prophets. It specifically says that. That doesn't mean that if someone says God speaks to me that he's claiming to be a Rasul or Nabi like the Holy Prophet Muhammad or uh, Jesus or Moses or Abraham Alayhi etc. But he does make the, the Ghag, the unseen, known to such people. After the Holy Prophet, now we have the reformist, the Mujahideen, or Oliya, as this dictionary calls them, to whom God speaks and gives the news of the unseen so with that i take my leave of you with the prayer that whoever you are and uh, wherever you may be may allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm assalamu alaikum khuda hafiz goodbye